Ciao, Bella. I am Oceana Fortuna, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit to embrace the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. And may good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. Today's topic for the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast is spirituality. Does it help or hinder love and dating? I've been a love and dating coach for 20 years, helping successful single women find lasting love. Women have come to me over the years with a variety of issues looking for love, and it's been my pleasure to help them better understand men and how dating works. Modern dating, right? (laughs) It's always changing. Anyway, the ones who follow my advice and suggestions definitely find the loving relationship they are dreaming of. And I, um, my real name is Ronnie Ann Ryan, and my website is nevertoolate.biz. So if you're curious about my dating advice and help, that's where you'll find me. But for today, doing this podcast, I'm Oceana Fortuna, (laughs) and we're going to move on. So... The spiritual path to finding love requires practical steps as well. What I found in over 20 years is that love does not just, you know, show up magically without any effort. You need to be working on your inner world and paying attention to your belief systems and healing old wounds. Manifesting alone will not cause Mr. Right to suddenly knock on your door one day. I have to tell you... um, I had this client years ago, and she came to me when she was so incredibly frustrated because she said she had tried everything to attract the right man. She had done candle magic and said affirmations and did visualization, and she looked up all kinds of ways to attract love into her life and did all kinds of magic and manifesting and law of attraction, etc. And she had body work done and all kinds of stuff, everything she could think of, except this one thing, which I asked her about. I'm like, okay, so you've done lots of inner work, but what have you actually done to meet men? Not one thing, (laughs) not one thing. So it's really a combination. (laughs) The spiritual path does require some very practical steps. You have to do something to be visible and seen by single guys. You want to cross paths with them, with enough men to attract the right one for you. Finding love is often a matter of numbers, just sheer numbers. On the other hand, solely focusing on dating tons of men, like 30, 50, 100 men, will also probably not deliver your soulmate. And the reason is because if you're not properly aligned with the energy of love in your life, you might not find him regardless of how many men you meet. This is why I always say finding lasting love requires a blending of your inner and outer worlds. 
That's what moves you into the right space to attract a quality man who is relationship ready. Why do women who say they are spiritual seem to struggle more than others to find love? As a spiritual woman, you might have a regular practice of meditating or doing yoga or magic or honoring the moon, but perhaps you haven't quite found the way to incorporate your spirituality into dating. A lot of times women feel being spiritual is about discipline. So then when you're human and you mess up and you don't eat super healthy or you didn't do your daily meditation or you skipped a day of writing your affirmations, you beat yourself up. Without kindness for yourself, you can't love yourself and be balanced in your heart. When you are not naturally kind to yourself, there is a thread of self-criticism that runs through your mind and your life. You often give yourself a hard time or berate yourself for your mistakes, whether they're real or imagined. Trite as this may sound, all love starts with self-love. So if you aren't loving and appreciating yourself for who you are, and instead are criti criticizing yourself all the time, it'll be hard to find a man who will see you as the goddess you truly are. If you have to love yourself first, that really is the spiritual path to celebrate who you are as you evolve and grow. Judging yourself harshly also can lead to judging others. And this is natural. It's a natural progression. We're all guilty of it. Some of the most critical people, though, are really hard on themselves, sometimes harder on themselves than anyone else. If you take a step back and think about it, you know this is not completely in alignment with living a spiritual life, right? You would hope you would have less judgments about others and yourself. However, loving yourself, being patient and kind with yourself is a more spiritual approach. And I hope that makes sense because it might be a little out of sync with how you would normally think about things. How about the woman that says, I need a spiritual man? Today, the spiritual woman feels she must have a spiritual man. She wants an equal in all aspects of life, including a guy who meditates or does yoga. But I want you to think about this. Is there some, you know, secret guarantee that a man who meditates won't be a jerk or cheat? Are you assured a guy who does yoga has the same values and is spiritually aligned with the principles you live by? Not really. In the same way a man has an advanced degree or a successful career, that doesn't guarantee he'll be a supportive partner you can count on or loving, thoughtful, or ready for a committed relationship. Being a spiritually minded man doesn't automatically qualify him to be a great life partner in any way, shape, or form. So what does indicate a man has potential to be a good partner? A man who has a giving spirit and shares himself with others. A man who might volunteer for a charity that's close to his heart, like maybe coaching kids soccer, or maybe he's tight with his family, or maybe he... Um, works for Habitat for Humanity and builds houses. Um, he's got more to him, more potential for lasting love. Not that everybody has to do charity work, but he might just do really nice things for his friends and family. 
He values doing the right thing and maybe giving back to the community, but most importantly, knowing what really matters in life and what makes him happy. You want a man who knows what he is doing with his life and why versus a man who is trying to be spiritual by doing typical things because he thinks he should, like yoga and meditation. For myself, I wanted a man with a good heart. And on my fifth date, the man I'm now married to was late. He was quite late, like an hour and a half late. So you can imagine that I was pacing and wondering where the heck he was. But when he finally did show up, he said that he had helped a grandmother with her three grandkids whose car had stalled in the middle of the road and he helped her push it to the side of the road. Well, he pushed and she was steering the car. So that's how I knew this man has a good heart because he took a chance on being really late to do the right thing. And he was willing to help others. And I thought, that's a man with a good heart. So that was my indication. Sparks flying might not be the sign you think it is. When you have smoking hot chemistry with a man, oh, baby, there's nothing else like that, is there? Oh, but don't be fooled or swept away by this practically irresistible draw like a moth to a flame. This is mother's nature's way of keeping the species alive. In other words, hot chemistry is like the call of the wild to have sex, conceive, and bear children. Too bad that is not the sign of long-term potential or compatibility. Nope, I'm afraid not. Most often, relationships based on that super hot chemistry start out like wildfire and then burn themselves out quickly. Time and again, I've had clients who talk about how they clicked immediately and the sparks were flying and the chemistry was hot and everything was so good. Many times, women insist they need to feel those sparks right away or they walk away. That's a shame. Because this method of selecting men to date will always disappoint you and often break your heart. It's fun, no doubt about it. And nothing wrong with a fling and some great sex. But if you're really looking for long-term, lasting love with the right man, don't start thinking there's going to be a future with that hot chem guy. So here's something I want you to think about. You have to watch out for your inner teenager because she's still in there. When you are single and dating, you always feel 16. Dating and looking for love can be a very youthful experience, making you feel more alive than you have in a while, especially if it's been a long time since you dated. However, you have to teach that inner teenager how to choose long term. If you want lasting love, you can't just go for the cute guy like you did in high school or college or last year. (laughs) You want to look for shared values and similar worldviews and lifestyle so you can understand each other. You want to get each other. You want to find a man who is grounded, successful, with a good heart, who is relationship ready and wants to settle down and share his life with you. That guy with the sparks flying just wants to get in your pants. And maybe you do too. And that's why I said, go for it. It's fun. Just don't expect it to turn into something bigger. Maybe it will. Most likely it won't. And I just don't want you to get lost in that process and miss out on the lasting love of your dreams. 
Mature love takes time to grow as you get to know each other, and you need compatibility that is outside the bedroom, not just in, to turn any tryst into a lifetime of love, support, and partnership. Now, you might be wondering, well, how do I get more aligned with love, and how do I experience love in my life before the romance begins? So let me talk about the law of attraction, which you've probably heard all about, but just in case, law of attraction states that like attracts like. What that means is that you need to be a vibrational match to what you want. In other words, if you want love, you want to have love in your, in your life now. But how can you do that without a man? Actually, it's simple. Love is a state of mind and a way of being. That means you want to be sure to express love to the people in your life who matter to you now. That might be parents or siblings or children and extended family members. It could also include really good friends, coworkers, and neighbors. You want to demonstrate your loving heart every day because that is the vibration and frequency of love. And that's what helps you attract it. Take stock of every, everyone that you love right now. Make a list. Make it big. So that when you forget or you feel like you don't have love in your life, you can easily remind yourself by reviewing the list and realize it's not true. You do have love. Because all love counts. And it's like building blocks to build more love. Sometimes life happens and everything isn't rosy. And then you want to find a way to lift your spirits and shift your energy to regain your higher vibe, your love vibe. So you might meditate or do a visualization or you might try exercises that help you experience and release lower level feelings or work through them just by feeling them. So for example, you might write down what's bothering you and then burn the page, one of my favorites. Or you might try EFT tapping which really can make a difference in helping you let go of fears or worries or concerns or circular thinking. You could take an Epsom salt bath and let your troubles wash down the drain, right? And there's nothing as soothing as an Epsom salt bath. So good for your skin and your muscles. There are lots of simple methods that really work to shift your energy and elevate it. And gratitude is another that will really help you lift your spirits and turn things around. Because I want you to work your magic. That's what the podcast is about, right? So to me, magic is the practice of changing energy for the better. It can be small acts that deliver big results. Here's a simple suggestion. You might follow the art of feng shui to set up an altar in your love corner. Put items together in pairs like candles or hearts or chocolate or other romantic items. Or you can write a letter to your future husband or future boyfriend telling him how much you love him and why he's perfect for you. Another option is to set your dining room table with two place settings, like you're expecting company. Be sure you have two similar nightstands and keep the drawer of one empty, making room for that man right now. And do the same in your closet or your medicine cabinet. Just make a little space for him. There are so many ways to tap into the love that is your future, but right now, 
This is the very basis for using the law of attraction. Doing these things elevates your energy to the level of your desire for love right now. And that's the best kind of alignment. Acting as if your love is here now creates a powerful vibrational magnet. This is how you plant the seeds for what you want most. So here's how to align with love. I must admit I did a lot of manifesting to find my man, so I know firsthand what works. But to align with the energy of love and attract an amazing man, first be brutally honest with yourself. What might be getting in the way? Do you have any old wounds that need healing? If you need some healing, and you know, who doesn't really? (laughs) Go see an energy healer and get that taken care of. I personally had Reiki and acupuncture to help me move past old wounds and some resistance. You could, again, take Epsom salt baths, write letters to past lovers expressing your anger or your sentiments or whatever you need to say, and then burn them. Watch your transformation happen within those flames, but promise me you'll never mail them. You can also try an exercise called cutting cords, which is quite simple. Sit comfortably and close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths and relax. Imagine that there is a large figure eight drawn on the floor with a thin blue light. This is the color for communication. Then imagine yourself sitting in one piece of the figure eight and invite your ex to sit in the other piece. So even though you're both in the figure eight, you're in your own spaces. Next, see if you can visualize where there are cords that are keeping you attached to him. You may see only a few, or they might be everywhere. They might be little lightweight fibers or yarn or heavy cords or rope. Gently pull the cords away from his body first, and then from yours, and then drop the cords between the two of you. And of course, light them on fire so they burn up and transform. Then let go of your ex in the vision. Let him just disappear or remove the figure eight if you need something further to end this exercise. Now, the next piece of this is to do the healing. So imagine placing your hand or actually place your hand on the places on your body where you saw those cords that were attached to your ex and send healing energy and love to those spots to those potential wounds or whatever you want to call them so that you completely remove all the attachments and heal those spots. Heal them up so that you are fresh and free and ready to go. Another great exercise that's kind of similar is to sit in that same blue light figure eight with your ex and tell him what you think of him on this inner plane. So this would replace like writing the letter. This is a great way to get leftover complaints off your chest and out of your symptom. Say what you wanted to say but never did or didn't think of at the time. You've probably rehearsed your speech lots of times in your head anyway. So this is your chance to finish it. Get rid of it. Say it and be done with it. You might even ask your ex if he has anything to say for himself. And you might be surprised. Sometimes you'll receive an apology. Sometimes he'll ask for forgiveness, and I hope you will forgive him. That is the goal. But if you just need to vent and be done with it, 
then it works for that too. Now, of course, forgiving yourself is part of loving yourself, a spiritual part, right? No matter what happened between you and past loves, you have got to forgive yourself for any role you played. Maybe you didn't establish firm boundaries and allowed him to treat you poorly. Maybe you accepted crumbs, ignored red flags, or your intuition. I'm not blaming you. But when you can take personal responsibility for your part in the drama, that is a great way to learn about yourself and love and then move on. Get the lesson, leave the rest behind. Forgiving yourself is essential. That is part of loving yourself and being kind to yourself. Treat yourself well if you want others to do the same. Have a conversation with yourself and remember that you are always able to learn from mistakes. We are all human, which means we all make mistakes. Just keep in mind that you can learn and grow and do better next time. To err is human. To forgive is divine. Now, you don't find lasting love at the drive-thru, <laughs> okay? This all takes time. I can't tell you how long it'll take. Manifesting the love of your life is not about instant gratification like pulling up to Dunkin' Donuts and getting coffee and a donut. So when you're tired of dating and sick of men, ask yourself, hmm, how aligned am I right now with my heart's desire to find love? You'll quickly notice that you aren't. But you're human again, so be kind to yourself and then regroup. Take some time off. Do an exercise to shift your energy, let go of the lower vibe energies. Everyone gets disappointed or even disgusted from time to time. It's totally normal. But if you live constantly complaining about men and dating while you're trying to find love, you will not be magnetic to the love you so deeply desire. It's counterproductive. Another thing is that you want to get clear on what you want and don't want. One strategy that makes a huge difference in a spiritual gal's search for love is to get super clear about the kind of guy you're looking for. Not the, super, the superficial stuff about his looks or bank account or car or job, or, but who he is as a person. Is he willing to try new things and grow? Is he stable, calm, and open? Is he looking for a relationship or a fling? Does he want children or not? Make a list about your ideal man. Next, you also want to be clear, really clear, on what you don't want. Think about your exes. Think about what you couldn't stand, what didn't work. Now you know what you don't want to do again. Or you might have other ideas, regardless of your ex, of things that will be deal breakers. You get to choose them, but choose them wisely. My, my advice is to keep this list short. If you have a, like a long list of all these things you don't want, you'll be focused on what you don't want. Not the best energy, again, for attracting love. It's not high vibe. It's not a love vibe. And you might eliminate too many options which could easily keep you single. And I've seen it happen. Deal breakers might include addiction, unhealthy lifestyle, all work and no play, the wrong religion or politics for you, 
lacking career work or financial stability. Go for the big deal breakers while you're making this list of don'ts. And when you meet a man who exhibits even one of your deal breakers, promise yourself you'll pay attention and maybe walk away. But if you notice two deal breakers, promise yourself you will run. Run in the opposite direction and don't get sucked in by his charisma or sparkling eyes or adorable dimples. Now, I'm going to suggest that there's a rule from baseball that's worth following. And that is three tries before a man is out. So if you're serious about finding a good man who will be your loving partner, follow this rule from baseball. Don't discard any decent man until you go on three dates. This rule of thumb allows you to give a good man a fair chance. So here's how it works. You are suspending judgment to give yourself time to gather information. That's the point of dating, actually. It's what I call data gathering. Like dating is a contraction for those two words. D-A-T from dating. I-N-G from gathering. You, you invest a little time in order to get to know men to see who might be a good match. Because sometimes you can't tell in an instant. Some quality men are a little bit nervous on the first few dates. Let's say you meet a new guy who is okay looking and somewhat attractive and you had a good enough time. So say yes and see him again if he asks you out. In your search for long-term compatibility, you notice if your date makes you laugh, tried to get to know you, asked you questions, seemed to be easy to hang out with. If you answer yes to these questions, then another date is called for. The problem is, it's so easy to just say, no, no to that man. I didn't feel it. There weren't any sparks. He wasn't anything special. I need a special man. This is how you easily miss a gem of a guy who needs a bit of time to shine and show you his true value because this does happen. Being a spiritual woman, you are willing to look deeper and give a man a chance. Look at it this way because I found this helpful for myself. Obviously, a quality man is not a player type. So he may not be smooth and charismatic and have good game with women. Yet underneath that lack of suave polish... A quality man has a heart of gold, and his main wish is to find a wonderful woman like you and make her happy. If you don't move slowly to see what unfolds, you'll never know what could be, and you could and will miss out on a potentially fantastic life partner. This is not about settling. Please don't go there. This is about getting to know men and giving them a chance. Nice guys can surprise you, given a little space to get comfortable and maybe a little positive feedback from you, especially if you tend to be quick to judge and maybe a little on the critical side. Here's an example from my search for love. While my first date with my husband was fun and easy and we talked for two hours, it was very promising, our second date was very disappointing. On date two, he was sluggish didn't talk much and had very low energy. He was dull. Even though he took me for a very nice dinner, 
The day was short and I was home early and honestly, it made me feel so sad and I was so disheartened. I was like, what happened? It would have been so easy for me to say, eh, he's not for me and kick him to the curb. But I have to say, I would have missed out on many happy years of marriage had I done that. So I look back and I look back and thank my lucky stars, really, that I followed the baseball rule of dating and gave him three chances, three dates before he was out. Because let me tell you, on our third date, it was nothing short of magical. I firmly believed in this when I was dating and I still do after 20 years of being a love and dating coach. My husband was the 30th man I dated. Good thing I kept up the three-date rule discipline. Even if there are no sparks, give a decent man three tries before you call him out. So you don't miss out on a gem of a guy who might be shy or slow to show you how wonderful he really is. Now I want to talk, uh, take a minute to talk about the tools for meeting men in modern dating. So right now, we still have the pandemic and social distancing, so there aren't a lot of events to attend or hobbies you can follow up on with groups of people. And in many states, bars are closed and restaurants aren't set up for mingling right now. So your best bet to meet men is online, dating apps, dating sites. When things go back to normal, a good dating plan includes online sites and apps, plus other ways to meet men in person. I think a good plan is really a mix of both of those ways to meet men. Many women, though, tell me, they have no problem telling me how much they hate online dating, hate the apps, it's not organic, there are no good men, they all lie, cheat, or steal, they're all scammers, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to make a little suggestion, and that is check your spiritual outlook Are you a yes person or a no person? A yes woman, a yes person says yes to opportunities and proven tools that work. People meet online every day and fall in love. More than 20% of all marriages now start online and I've seen statistics quoted as high as 35% when social media is included as another alternative for meeting people. What makes a huge difference is to get your head straight about what the sites and apps are really for. They are tools. Efficient methods to find, connect with, and meet single men. You could say, oh, it's not really efficient. I, you know, all these guys contact me and then I have to email them or text them or message them or whatever and then back and forth and back and forth. But what's your alternative? You're going to walk around the grocery store and say, excuse me, are you single? That's not efficient. So online dating in the apps is really an efficient way to find single men who are looking for women. Sometimes you're going to have to contact quite a few men to get something going. Or you might use the matches they provide, but don't rely on them only because you won't meet enough men. You can't just respond to the men who reach out to you either. You have to do your own searches and then reach out so that you're doing all three things. You search and reach out to men, you look at the matches and respond, and you respond to men who reach out to you. While it's true that at least 95% of the men will not be right for you, and that is totally to be expected, 
That's true for any method you choose to meet men. It's normal. That's how it works. Back before the web was around, singles relied on personal ads, singles events, and dances. Those were the tools of the past. If you want to find single men today, you have to go where they are. Right now, that means on the web or the apps. You can learn your way around and be smart about how you go about it. You can learn how to make the most of the tools. And I'm going to share some down and dirty basic tips for online dating in the apps. Let's talk about your profile. It needs to be short, like 250 words, 300 at the most. Positive, unique, upbeat. Use your sense of humor if you have one. Be different, authentic, or even a little outrageous so you can stand out (laughs) because so many women's profiles sound just like every other woman. So be sure to read some women's profiles so you can see what you don't want to sound like. Think of one or two things about yourself that might capture a man's attention. Because you have to remember, you're not writing this just to describe yourself. You're writing this to catch the attention of a man. So you might write different things for catching a girlfriend versus catching a guy. Don't overly focus on the arts, cultural events, cultural shopping, or your spiritual pursuits if you want to find a straight guy. On the other hand, here are some things to mention if you do like them. Any sport that you can watch, jazz, chess, golf, CrossFit, guitar jam, cars, hiking, kiking, biking, camping, definitely mention these things first because a man will see that. And if he likes those things, he will want to read more. Now, if you don't like any of those things, there might be other things you like that men do like too. Connect with men via messaging. That's the next step. Ask something interesting. So don't start by talking all about yourself. He can look that up. He can look up your profile and read it. So don't bother with that. Just ask a single question, something that he wrote in his profile that you want to know more about. So a lot of times what women do is they want to know, they want to qualify a guy right away. Why did you get divorced? Or... How are you doing with this dating thing? And do you date a lot of women at the same time? Or how have you found online dating? These are not good questions because he will not be focused on you when he goes to answer those questions. Don't ask him how his day was or how his week is going because what's he going to say? Good? That's not going to get you anywhere. It doesn't start a conversation. It's not engaging. Instead, ask a question about one of his hobbies or interests that he mentions. So you might say, hey, I see you like camping. What's your favorite place to go? Or uh, you seem to be a big movie fan. What's your favorite genre? My favorite movie is Gone with the Wind or whatever it is. The Matrix. So uh, when he writes back, which I hope he will, then I hope he asks you a question. But if he doesn't, You can ask one more question and hope that then he'll answer and ask you something. Asking a question is a conversation starter and you're making it easy for a man to respond. So my suggestion though is to not keep the conversation moving by always asking questions if he doesn't ask you anything. 
a lot of times someone will say to me, well, how do I keep this going? You don't want to keep it going. If he can't participate in the questions, if he can't participate in the conversation and do something to broaden it and enrich it himself, move on. You know, you don't need any lazy guys that you have to do all the work. If he wants to get off the app immediately, don't fall for that nonsense. Oh, my my membership is expiring. Sure it is. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, if he says he doesn't want a relationship or isn't looking for anything serious, that's when you believe a guy and move on. Because that's a man being honest with you, sharing his truth right up front, which it's shocking how many men will tell you right up front. I just got out of a relationship. I don't want anything serious. I'm not looking for anything serious or a relationship. And then he might say something like, but I'd be happy to get to know you and see what happens. So just pay attention to the first part of the sentence, which is, I don't want a relationship. Because getting to know you to see what happens is his way of saying, so if you just want to be casual and fool around, let's see how it goes. But that doesn't mean he's going to fall in love with you. That doesn't mean he's going to change his mind and want a relationship. So when you hear that, your best bet is to keep walking. If you meet some guy and you're texting and then all of a sudden days go by or weeks go by, you don't need that man in your life. You don't need some on and off texting buddy. And let's say he's one of those guys who just does those morning and evening, you know, good morning sunshine or sweet dreams, whatever. You don't need him either because he's texting that to 20 women. You don't need any superficial nonsense texting with some guy you've never met. Not now, not during the pandemic, not when there's no pandemic. You don't need it. It might take a little longer to get to know someone during the pandemic to take the risk out of meeting. But when you meet, you can be safe. Meet outside. If you need to, wear your mask. You can avoid first aid kisses. You'll be fine. Some people don't feel this nervous. And that's up to you. You get to take as much risk as you want or be as safe as you want. Another great tool, if you are nervous though, is a video chat. I encourage you to take this step before meeting because it can save you a lot of time. And some of the sites and apps have video built in. I think Match Now has video built in. You can learn a lot, of, a lot about a guy when you engage in a video chat. So you can see his body language. You can listen to the sound of his voice. You trust your gut and your intuition, right? Then you'll see, where is he calling you from? What's his place look like? Does he seem at ease and comfortable? How does the conversation go? Does he ask you any questions or does he only talk about himself? Does he reveal nothing about himself as he fawns all over you acting like you're the most interesting woman since Lady Gaga? You know, that's not a good sign because there's a lot of flattery going on there and flattery is definitely seductive. You want to meet a guy within one week or two of starting to talk. With the pandemic, you know, I've stretched it a little bit longer, but I know plenty of women who are still meeting within four or five days. So it's up to you. Uh, if you meet outdoors and you wear your mask, you that's what they say, you're safe. Everybody says you're safe if you follow that guideline. So there's no reason not to meet. Okay, back to the original question, which is, does being spiritual help or hinder your search for love? 
Well, being spiritual can help you find love if you really are living a spiritual life and it helps you to heal your heart, open your heart, consider different kinds of men, get to know them, give them a chance, and align with love. That's when your spirituality will help you find a great match. On the other hand, if you use your spirituality as a reason to say no to a good man because he doesn't do yoga or meditate or hasn't done a ton of personal development or there aren't sparks flying immediately, then your spirituality can get in the way. If you discount men who don't share your exact style of spirituality, that can also get in the way. I want you to be aware that a man's spirituality can look different than yours. Men sometimes are not in their heads as much or not as philosophical. A lot of times men are very attuned to nature. So they notice animals and the weather and the flora and the fauna and that's what they enjoy and that's where their spirituality shows up. And that has great value too. So your spirituality can work for you or against you and make it harder if you allow that to happen. Now, I do have some really good news. And that is in the year 2020, I had more clients write to me and tell me they found love than any other year in 20 years. Think about that. That is amazing. As it turns out, there's been a lot of research done about this, social research, that says in times of crisis and disaster, yes, there are more divorces, people get on each other's nerves, but there are also more marriages. So after the big disaster of 9-11, that was obviously 9-11 is September, the wedding industry ended up with a massive surge <laughs> as people went wild planning weddings that they had not been planning before because they realized life is short. What am I doing? Let me get on with what I really want. And normally the fall is not the time when the wedding industry sees these huge spikes. It's more like March through June. So it was a massive surge in their business and they made a lot of money right after 9-11. So after catastrophes, people are more likely to commit as they wonder what they're waiting for. Time becomes more precious and men and women are more willing to get serious. And that's why I'm doing this podcast today because more than anything, deep in my heart, if you want love, I want you to find it. I want you to take a chance and get out there because I know your love is waiting for you. Do what you can with your inner and outer worlds. Blend the two together and look for the right man for you. For more dating wisdom with a spiritual twist and down-to-earth practical advice that works, you can visit nevertoolate.biz. Until next time, this is Oceana Fortuna wishing you love and good fortune. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to like this episode if you enjoyed it, write a positive review if you feel inspired, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll have more about love and magic next time, 
Until then, this is Oceana Fortuna reminding you to share your love and seek magic every day.